there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. We've been looking at the spirit of the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. So Faith is going to read from his scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. Uh, what does the Bible say? And by the way, I have an announcement to make. As we were seated here, I just felt very strongly that we need to be having this once a month, every Thursday. Wow. So that we can, uh, we can connect with all the CMGs, including even our branch churches. Wow. Yeah, they will be meeting once a month. We do, and we'll call this program CMG Live. Yeah, don't you think it's powerful? It's very powerful. Yeah, we we'll call it CMG Live. Just a time for interaction. A time for people also to give their testimonies of how the CMGs have been a blessing, you know, to them. And um, even just giving ourselves, you know, goals and uh, some of the things that we want to fulfill as CMGs, you know, for the rest of the year and celebrating, you know, the milestones. You know, we're going to talk about growth. We are going to talk about souls. We're going to talk about evangelism. We're going to talk about how to reach our name. All those things, we're going to see how we're going to be packaging, you know, the CMG Live every awesome. month, awesome. once a month, you know. And we will encourage you to invite your neighbors to come because we also want to use CMG Live as a tool for outreach. Wow. It's powerful. What do you guys think? It's powerful. It is working. All right. First Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 2, verse... Uh, 12. 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So we saw in the morning that the spirit of the world is actually the spirit of, or is actually Satan himself, is the spirit of the world. And we saw um, the first thing that the spirit of the world represents is, if you guys can remember, is the spirit of deception. So the spirit of the world is the spirit of deception. And we prayed against deception. Amen. And today I want to look at the spirit of the world is the spirit of rebellion. The spirit of the world is the spirit of Rebellion. The world is saturated with rebellious people. And let me also say the church also is full of rebellious people. They are born again, but they are rebellious. If you want to see how rebellious has run rampant in the world today, ask yourself this question. How comes we must have prefects in the school? Why is it that we must have class representatives? in every class? Why is it that we must have traffic police, you know, on our roads yeah? to direct traffic? How comes we have courts? We have lawyers. We have prosecutors. We have all these things because, you know, we are naturally rebellious. Isn't it true? Yeah, we're just naturally rebellious people. And that's why we want to look at this rebellion deeply because it is the spirit of the world. Human beings are naturally, you know, rebellious. And that's why you see that when there is no um, an authority figure around you, 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 you go berserk. You know, children, when the parents are not at home, 
my Lord and my God. They turned the house upside down. You know, they would jump from one seat to another, you know, you know, sit on the table, stand on the table. Some of them are almost dancing on the TV, on top of the TV. And when the father comes in, or when the mother comes in, all of a sudden you see order has been restored. So it's important for us to know that the spirit of this world is the spirit of rebellion. And we must pray against rebellion. It is important to understand that authority was established by God. It was ordained by God. And you are likely to encounter authority at different levels of life. You know, in, in our country, there is authority. That's why we have a president. That's why we have all this chain of authority to try and bring order in this country, isn't it? In learning as institutions, you know, we have laws, we have rules, we have regulations. You know, if I remember I was in secondary school and if you, um, there's a name they used to use that if like you jump over the fence, you know, to go out of school, when you come back, you're supposed to bring a whole roll of barbed wire. <laughs> So that you can see the loophole that you used, you know, you know, to jump over the fence or to go through the fence to run away from school. So at home we have regulations, you know. You remember when you were at home, your father told you or your mother told you that um, after six, if you're not in this house, don't come. <laughs> you know, stay where you are. Yeah, because if you come... Uh, things won't be good, isn't it? Yeah. I remember my brother and I, we went one time to watch a movie. You know these films that, that used to come to the estates? Yeah. You remember those films? I don't know if you guys remember. Just for the legends. The legends are the ones who can remember. And we went and watched this movie. And the movie was long. You know some of these Indian movies are very long. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part where they, they sing. And they dance, and they can sing like for 40 minutes. We don't understand what they are saying, but we are just listening to the music. And the guy is dancing, and the lady is dancing. You've watched those movies. By the time the movie is over, you've done almost three hours, four hours. When it was time to go back home, oh man, we were under tension. Anyway, we went home. We got home. The lights were off. Guys had eaten dinner washed the intensives, and guys had gone to sleep. And as we knew, there was, there was a loophole somewhere. You know, in your house, there's a loophole. There's this window that does not shut properly. You know, so luckily there was a window at the kitchen that was not shutting properly. So we, we climbed, you know, it was the second floor. We were living in a flat, it was second floor. So we climbed, you know, to this window at the kitchen. I'm telling you, children can be very mischievous. We climbed. Please don't judge me because even you have your own story. We climbed and we shook that window, shook it because the handle was not really tight. Shook it and then it opened. Then we squeezed our way through the kitchen window and we got into the house. When we were just now taking that turn to go to the bedroom, our father was waiting for us in darkness. <laughs> You know, he just switched on the light, say, uh-huh. I will not tell you what happened. But let me tell you, we were beaten. 
and we took a cold shower and went to bed without dinner. From that day at 6, 5.59, I was hanging around the house. <laughs> so rules are everywhere and regulations are everywhere. And I believe even in church, God has given us standards that we are supposed to abide to. Uh, you know, rules that we are supposed to follow. The Bible is the standard that we are supposed to follow, even in the church. So everywhere you go, you can never run away from laws. You can never run away from rules. You can never run away from regulations. You cannot even dismiss authority because it has been established by God. So it is the spirit of the world. And you remember we are talking about the spirit of the world. Paul says we have not received the spirit of the world. It is the spirit of the world that fights or that makes us to be rebellious to authority. But authority is good because authority brings order. Authority brings stability. Amen? Amen. Now, when this spirit of the world is in operation, it, it is all about having independence or having an independent mind. You just want to do what you want to do. You know, when you have an independent mind, even if you're told this is what you're supposed to do, because you have that mind, you will not actually do what you're told to do. You see, an independent mind always wants to do what is convenient, what I feel like doing, what, you know, I prefer doing. But you see, sometimes you can be commanded to do what you don't feel like doing. And because you are submitted to the authority over your head and you recognize that authority in your life, you still abide by the instruction that you have been given. So we don't just do things because we feel like doing them. We do things because it is right to do them. And sometimes we don't feel like doing something, but because it is right to do it, uh, we still go ahead and, and do it. So where did this spirit of the world or this rebellion begin from? You know, it is so interesting to realize that all these things we are talking about, they began in heaven. The spirit of deception began in heaven. And now also the spirit of rebellion began in heaven because it began with Lucifer, who was in heaven. So, Faith, read for us Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 uh, to 14, so that I, I show you. It began also in heaven, the holiest spot in the universe. Mercy. So if it began in heaven, the holiest spot in the universe, can you imagine how it is running rampant here on this very wicked and cursed world that we live in? Isaiah chapter 14. Verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Mm. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Look at that. I will exalt my throne mm -hmm. above the stars of God. Yes. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation mm. on the farthest sides of the north. Mm. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Mm. I will be like the most high. The underlying issue in all these phrases that Satan is using here, I, 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 is rebellion. Remember I told you it's an independent mind. Now he's trying to assert authority. He's trying to be independent in heaven. A heaven he did not create. And he's saying, I will. Look at all those eyes. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt. Now he's even thinking of his own throne. <laughs> 
And there is a, there's a throne already in heaven. Now he wants to have another throne of his above the stars of God. Now he even wants to be above God. The creation wants to be above the creator. Mercy. Are you seeing how terrible rebellion is? I will sit on the mount of the congregation. It's like he also desired the worship that he could see God was receiving. And he said, and you see some of these things that he's mentioning here, he's already receiving them now. There are people who worship the devil. In my book, in my book, present worship explained, there's a part there I've talked about satanic worship. Yeah, there are people who are worshiping Satan right now. You know, he has achieved some of these things that he was talking about in heaven many years ago. Mercy. May you achieve good things, not bad things. I will ascend above. So everything about him is just to go up, higher, higher than God, above God. He's not saying I will ascend lower. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And then he made the last one, which was daring. I will be like the most high. I will have another throne that rivals the throne of God. You know, I'll, be, I'll have another kingdom. I'll be like the most high. So he was rebellious in heaven. So you can see that this spirit started in heaven and it started with Lucifer. And this is the thing. When he fell on earth, because he was kicked out of heaven, when he fell on earth, he was not sanctified. He came down to this earth with the same, same spirit. He fell down with it. He didn't want to let it go. He came down with it. He came with that kind of influence here on earth. And he's busy sending that influence everywhere. And, and the sad thing is, that influence is in the church. You can agree with me that we can see rebellion in the church. You know, if you are a follower, you might never understand this message I'm preaching. But one day when you become a leader, you will understand what I'm saying today. Because some of you followers are also rebellious and you don't know. But it's because of where you are. But every leader can smell rebellion. Every leader can see rebellion. Every leader can discern rebellion. Uh, because rebellion... You see, when you look at even Lucifer, this story, it's a very interesting story, that he did not vocalize these phrases. The Bible says he said in his heart, and, and we will look at different types of hearts that generate rebellion. Because rebellion begins from the heart, but I'm going ahead of myself. But I want to show you something that every leader can be able to see rebellion. Every leader can listen to a follower talking and they can pick up rebellion from those words. Do you know you can see rebellion on the face? The attitude on the face, you can see it. Isn't it? Yes, you can see it. That's why you see some parents when they call their children. The way the children respond, the parent will call you again and say, come here. What are you trying to show me? Because the parent could read, could read something in the voice. Yeah, he just read, pick it in the voice. And, and maybe the child is in another room. <laughs> yeah. only, only those who are at a certain level will understand the message I'm preaching today. And so we, we have to really fight this spirit of rebellion. So when he fell, hmm? are you with me, somebody? So when Satan fell, he fell with this thing. He was never sanctified. That's why you see rebellion in countries. That's why we have coups, you know, 
That's why we have all these rebellious elements in different countries. They have gone to the bush to fight, you know, a democratically elected president. Then they say, no, we reject, we go to the bush and they start fighting. That's why we have civil wars and, start, and, and, and stuff like that. We see it in marriages, you know, children are disobedient to their parents, very disobedient. I mean, and we see all these things even in movies, in comedy shows, some of these movies that we watch, some of these comedy shows that we watch about family, you watch and it doesn't have family values. Because a child will look at the parent and say, I hate you. And bang the door and go to the room and say, leave me alone. <laughs> look, if it happens in my house, I'll break down that door. I'll put my foot in that door and break it down. I'll repair it later after I've dealt with you. I'm telling you, we, 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 it's like Satan has come with this influence of rebellion and he's sending it everywhere, sending it in homes, sending it in marriages. You know, some wives are never submissive, submissive rather. They're never submitted to their husband. And, and, and you can see that it is just a rebellious kind of a spirit. Look, if you're a wife here, when you become rebellious, you look very ugly. When you become humble, you look very beautiful. Chew that. Receive that. I'm telling you, when you become humble, you become very beautiful. Hallelujah. Because beauty is not just outward. Beauty is also inward. Amen. So we see it everywhere, in homes, even in churches. Yeah, some of these leaders here will tell you they're grappling with rebellion in their departments, rebellion in their CMGs. You know, some of you guys in the CMG are very rebellious. You, you don't do what you're told to do. Yeah, you're very rebellious. Today you came because after this program, you are opening with fruits. <laughs> yeah, people are rebellious. Yeah. Do you remember when we were doing fasting in CMGs? People never showed up. Yeah. But when we did feasting in CMGs, the numbers, even the ones who are doing virtual, those that day they did in person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a problem. And the explanation is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, faith. And you, he made. Ephesians 2, 2. Mm -hmm. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, mm. according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who, who now works in the sons of disobedience. Maybe you can start from verse 1. Yes. And you, he, he made, made alive, uh -huh. who were dead in trespasses and uh, sins. So that is our past, mm. which we are supposed to live and forget. But look at verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, mm -hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air, mm. the spirit who now works. The spirit who now. Wow. So, so, so the Bible, the verse here is showing us our past, but also is showing us there is something that is happening now. And what is happening now? Finish the verse. The, the spirit, spirit who, who now, now works in the, the sons of, of disobedience. disobedience. So the spirit is at work. They are called the sons of God, but they are also the sons of disobedience. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you a son or a daughter of disobedience? Uh, 
Because if you are a son of disobedience, that means you are under the influence of this spirit, the spirit of this world, which is the spirit of rebellion. Hallelujah. And so we, we have to pray against this spirit because it will destroy the church. It, it will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your family. It will destroy your department. It, it will destroy everything that you are trying to do. That's why you see, because of rebellion, God lost some angels. Can you, be, can you believe it? We are trying to go to heaven. All of us, we are fighting. In fact, the reason why we are fasting is because we are trying to go to heaven. And there are people who are leaving heaven. I, I do not understand. Look at the things you have said no to. When, 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 when you lie and you repent. So, oh God, because you are afraid if Jesus comes now. You're not making it to heaven. When you do something, you repent. You say, oh God, forgive me. When you do something that hurts your husband, you say, oh God, forgive me. Because you're trying to go to heaven. Yet there are people, because of rebellion, they left that place. You see how rebellion can make you blind. That you lose something that is very precious, you know, to you. I mean, if you get to heaven, you don't want to leave that place. Streets of gold. Jesus is the light. The water is clear. No typhoid. There is no power rationing. There is no water rationing. You don't think hunger, no sickness, no disease. Yet people are living there to come here. Where there is sickness. Where there is, um, there is uh, <laughs> power rationing. Food prices are going high. Yeah? Traffic jam. Mercy. Where people are sent to Somaliland, hostile country, to go and work. Pandemics, COVID-19. Rebellion is very bad. That's how rebellion, you know, blinds you. That you don't see where you are, God has really blessed you. But this is the thing that I want us to see and then we pray. That this spirit of the world targets the heart. That's why Lucifer said in his heart. So rebellion begins in the heart. Rebellion is a heart issue. By the time you see somebody has rebelled, maybe in the worship team, Pastor Dennis, outwardly or outrightly, it started in their hearts long time ago. By the time, Pastor Daido, you see that some of the leaders working under you are not flowing with your leadership. They have rejected you. I want you to know it started long time ago. You see, as we are not like God, God could be able to, God was able to pick the rebellious heart of Lucifer. But I'm sure even some of these angels that followed him, they didn't even know it was rebellion. Because it's very difficult to know what is happening in somebody's heart. It's very difficult. When they now come out in the open, that's when you realize, oh, the heart has already moved. That's why sometimes when I see some people behaving in a certain manner, the next thing I always say, the heart has already moved. The heart has already moved. In fact, I remember there is one of my members who behaved in a certain way, and I told that person, your heart has already moved. And the person texted immediately and told me, my heart has not moved. I said, your heart has already moved. Because by the time you're collecting your body, your heart left long time ago. Yeah, you just came to pick the remains. You know when they are burying somebody, they say, we are now lowering the remains. 
Marehemu. That means the guy is not there. Mwenda My hayat. All right? So so the heart is very important. So tell your neighbor guard your heart because that's where it starts from. Guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows issues of life. Types of hearts. Today I'll just give you one. Then tomorrow morning we'll continue and pray for the rest. Number one is the impatient heart. The impatient heart. The impatient heart is one that becomes impatient when there is a delay of what has been promised. You see, when you study the Bible, you see that God has promised us so many things. But when there is a delay of the promise of God upon our lives, that's when the impatient heart kicks in. Look, God does not work on our calendar. He works on his calendar. Or he works with his calendar. That's the right uh, phrase there. God works with his calendar, not with our calendar. So sometimes his promises can delay. Sometimes his promises can take longer than we expected. And if you're not careful, you can become impatient. An impatient heart will always be rebellious. And you know, one of the reasons why God delays is because he wants us to mature. You see, God is so much interested with our maturity. You see, when you're mature, it means you can handle many things. Yes. If you're mature, you can handle a lot of money. If you're mature, you can handle marriage. If you're mature, you can handle a promotion. If you're mature, you can handle billions. But if you're not mature, your success can become your undoing. And so God values your soul so much. That's why sometimes he delays his promises over your life because he's not sure if you can handle it. He's not sure. Because a promotion can take you away from God. You see, when the prodigal son was given in his, his inheritance, it got into his head and he left his father. And he went. The Bible says he went to a far country and squandered all his inheritance. So you, God, God, God has to look at you and see, is, is this guy, and I'm, like, I'm glad in that story that Jesus gave of the parable of that prodigal son. I'm so glad that the prodigal son, you know, did not live again. Yeah, because he realized he's very mature. He has a lot to learn, you know. So sometimes God delays because he's looking to, uh, he's looking at your life to see if there is maturity. Because God has no problem giving you anything. He has no problem giving you a house, giving you a car, giving you a wife. Some of you single people, you are single because you are immature. If God gives you a brother, you kill him. Or if God gives you a sister, you kill her. I'm telling you. Yeah, I receive a lot of inboxes from people who are telling me, oh, help us with our marriage. And I tell them, look, I'm not your pastor. Go to your pastor. Oh, we have gone to the pastor. It's not working. I said, go to your parents. Oh, I've gone to your parents. We are not working. I said, now pray. If your pastor cannot help me, what can I do? Because the, the, the advice your pastor is giving you is the same advice I'll give you. Husband, love your wife. Wife, submit to your husband. Period. It is not rocket science. I will not lay hands on you and then you will start having very strong emotions for your wife. <laughs> Or strong feelings for your husband. It is not rocket science. Alright? So what I'm trying to show is that God is looking for maturity. Maturity in us. In fact, I was even asking myself, you know, 
Have I reached the maturity that I'm, I'm supposed to reach so that God can allow some things to come my way? There are people who cry, they want to be famous. They are crying, they want to be out there. They want to be known. But look, are you able to handle limelight? Yeah, because God can push you. And limelight can destroy you. You understand what I'm talking about? Look, you see, when you look at David, David was thrusted to the limelight at a very tender age. And I don't think he was ready for it. And he went to live with somebody who became his enemy. Yeah, Saul. You're living with somebody who is trying to kill you every day. It's because when he was coming, you see, Saul sent him to go and fight. When he came back, and he came back with spoils, the women, the Bible says the women came out of all the cities in Israel, and they were singing, and they were singing praises. And you know when women sing from all the villages, wow, and they have their lessons, Matatizo Bila Chuki, with all those messages. And they were ascribing thousands to David. Oh. And when Saul was listening to the message, he said, oh. Oh. What else? I mean, this guy has everything. Yeah. And David as a small boy, a naive boy, who is coming from a broken home, is finally thrusted on a national stage. Everybody is talking about David, but he was not ready for it. Here comes spears. Spears are, three, are being thrown at him. He has to run away. Now he has to live in the... You see, <laughs> it's only that I don't have time. The celebrity status of David had to push him to live in the caves. Him being famous, he was forced to go and live in the caves. Because somebody was after him, looking for him every day. So whatever you're asking for, ask yourself, are you mature to receive it? Do you have the capacity to handle it? That's why sometimes there's a delay. But when you allow now your heart to become impatient, you will rebel against God's laws. You will rebel against God's delegated authority. You will rebel against the church. You will rebel against God's word because you are thinking that these things that God has said concerning you are not true. Look at Exodus chapter 16. Can I go a little bit deeper? Exodus chapter 16. We are about to pray. Verse 1 to 3. Exodus 16, 1. And they journeyed from Elam. These are Israelites. They have just left Egypt. They are excited. Moses has come, has delivered them. They are going. Wow. Mm -hmm. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, mm. which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month. On the 15th day of the second month. On the 15th day. So that means they have been out of Egypt for one and a half months. Only. Those are how many days? 30 plus 15. 45 days. 45 days since they left Egypt. Keep reading. And when they were leaving Egypt, God told them, I'm taking you to the land. But this is 45 days. Yeah, on their journey. Uh -huh. On the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. It's only 45 days. 
You have seen the waters fountain. They have seen the miraculous. But it's only 45 days. And they have started complaining. They were growing impatient. Keep on reading. Look at what they say. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat, mm. and when we ate bread to the full. Mm. For you have brought us out into the wilderness mm. to kill this whole assembly with, with hunger. hunger. Question is, did they ever sleep hungry? No. no. God was always providing for them. But they started growing impatient because when God was taking them through the wilderness, he was exposing them to the harsh realities of the wilderness. But at the same time, he was proving his faithfulness. It was tough, but they could still see the faithfulness of God. It was hot during the day. There was a cloud to shield them from the scorching sun. It was cold at night. There was the pillar of fire. When they were thirsty, Moses was available. When they were hungry, there's a day they even wanted the meat they are talking about here. It was provided. But the thing is, it's only 45 days. Oh, we have fasted for 21 days. I have not seen my breakthrough. It was only 21 days. Wait. Don't be impatient. Wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I've never fasted for seven days. For once in my life, I fasted for seven. I've not seen God move in my life. It's only seven days. You have to keep on waiting upon God. When you have an impatient heart, you become rebellious. Hallelujah. So these guys, when they stepped out just a few days, started facing the realities of the wilderness, they became impatient and they forgot. They started looking back. So fast, looking back. And when they were leaving, look at the way they were happy. They are leaving. Huh? Who is laughing now? They are happy. They are going to the promised land. Because that was what God said. But he didn't say when. <laughs> because God's calendar is different from our calendar. He didn't tell them when. He didn't tell them, I'm going to take you there after 45 days or 10 days or 15 days or 20 days. He just said, I'm taking you to that land. Amen? So we must never have an impatient heart because it will generate rebellion in our hearts. Tonight as we bring this CMG live to a close, I want you to pray for your heart. There are three things that I want us to pray for. Number one, you're going to pray for timing. Never lose timing because your time is not God's time. When you lose your timing, hmm? I wish I had time to explain to you when they put that belt, there's a belt they put in the engine. And I remember one time they were replacing the belt for my car. And the mechanic was saying, you have to get the timing. You know, as you're putting this belt, you have to get the time because it has different wheels there. And that belt has to go through all those wheels. He said, you have to get the timing. If you don't get the timing, this belt will not, you will not even go with the car far. So you must pray that you may never lose timing. Because remember, it's not your time. It is God's time. Secondly, we have to pray that we may develop the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. We need patience. Hallelujah. We need 
patience. We need patience. You have to be patient. You have to wait upon the Lord. Sarah, you have to be patient and wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Then if you get to 45, you have to be patient and wait upon the Lord. Look, some people will marry young, but some people will marry old. That's how God has just made it to be. Me, I've, I married very young. There are people who marry very young. There are people who marry in the middle. There are people who marry later. Yeah, because some of you, me, I married at 24. Some of you at 24, you are not, you are upside down, <laughs> literally. Yeah, you don't have in front <laughs> and behind. <laughs> All right. So we have to be patient. Amen. Then number three, we must pray that we shall align to counsel. We shall align to counsel. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.